What's up and welcome into Broside Broadcast. My name's Derek. My name is Blake. You look like you forgot your name for a second. I did. But last time I checked, I woke up as Blake this morning, so... Hey, my uh, computer just shit the bed like twice in a row, so I forgot I had to work <laughs> for a second. There's glitches everywhere. I'm pretty sure I have a short in one of my wires, which... It'd be convenient if there was a store to go buy things, but now you have to buy everything online. Right. There's no more Radio Shack. There's not that many FYEs left anymore. Yeah, and the FYEs there are are all in malls and far away from where I live. Some people have never even heard of an FYE, I'm sure. That's blasphemy. <laughs> I used to work at one. Really? Yeah. I was about I 20, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. I was a key manager. Damn. And you would get a pretty good discount. They would give you 50 or 40% off during the holidays. And I think regularly like 30% off. Did you use that very often? Yeah, I, absolutely. They got my check back is what happened. <laughs> Honestly, that was probably their goal, especially right. with like your age range. Exactly. I think it was on the application. Do you buy anything from the store? Yes, I do. Well, great. We're getting his money back. <laughs> it's a great investment here. <laughs> so it was... I'll trade my labor for music. Pretty much. I mean, all I had to do was pay for my gas, car insurance, and my music habit, which obviously never ended. Man, I would love to be like 21 years old again and only have like those few obligations. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Music being <laughs> one of them. Right. I don't think that FYE would be able to pay my bills right now unless I'm like the CEO. Even the original founder <laughs> ended up right. leaving I a few <laughs> years before. Yeah, he got, out of there, he got out of there quickly before he couldn't pay his bills because he realized it was going down. I know you had watched this video mm -hmm. maybe before I did or maybe I had recommended it to you, but there's a video on YouTube that came out a week or so ago about why FYE failed or declined, if you want to call it that. Right, and I had watched the video when you when you sent it to me, and I was pretty excited that it, that that video had found you. But I remember working at Fye, and it was around the time where iPhones came to in existence, and I was in disbelief that you could touch your phone to activate anything. Right, <laughs> it was so foreign. That was back in two thousand seven. Right, so I guess it's like that was pretty much the start of the decline for sure. I remember when the iPhone first came out, I was at uh, the, the public library and this lady, I guess, didn't have a computer at home or something. And she had come to the library to activate the iPhone, which is funny because right. <laughs> how do you buy an iPhone, but you don't have a computer at home? I guess I didn't have Apple support. Unless she was just ahead of all of us and just ditched computers from the start. Well, she knew something. I wonder where she is now. In a library. That's where she is. Or FYE. A FWE? That's FWE? What, <laughs> a FWE? That's what we called it. Going to work at FWE. So what was the culture like when you worked at FYE? Had they transitioned to focus more towards like pop culture things like what we see now? Like stores have done like box lunch and mm -hmm. dare I say even hot topic? Well, right now it definitely... If you walk into a FYE, it definitely is more like a hot topic. It's very eclectic. There's um, pop figures, um, just anything surrounding entertainment instead of just like physical copies. Because I like physical copies. I have vinyls. I like cassettes, stuff like that. But 
I guess it's just the store exists for people who are, I guess, purists. Now, I'm pretty sure FYE is one of those stores that gets exclusive Funko Pop figures. Hmm. And I know that you don't really collect those, but I have a wall of them behind me of like my favorites. Right. I have to watch. I have to watch out for the obsessions that I have because I'll go all the way with it. That's pretty much how I am. That's actually why I got the shelves. That way, once <laughs> they're full, I can't buy no more. I won't let myself. Right. And you're not adding a shelf. There's no time for that. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> have no interest in uh, doing more of that. I didn't even put these shelves in. My fiance's dad did. They're so difficult to put up. I, I'm not really good with keeping things level. I'm just millennial, half Gen Z. Like, I'll pay someone <laughs> to do it. <laughs> the easy way out. But as far as like FYE goes, I was really interested to learn like just the history of where the company came from that mm -hmm. essentially the founder had started the business back in the 60s. There are several like smaller entities under I guess this umbrella corporation and then FYE like kind of swooped in and like made this huge conglomerate of all these and it like got wildly popular seemingly overnight. Right. I mean, it was like it was a bunch of stores and they had to rename the stores a couple times. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get a lot of traction. And I think they just peaked a lot of times. True. You know, no one's really buying CDs anymore. I would have to organize them alphabetically. One rack would just be full of Lil Wayne. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anymore, it seems like that's what FYE is, though, because a lot of online sales now are obviously like direct to consumer. You don't have to go through a retailer anymore to get items. I guess they're just uh, filling the space, the lease spots in malls and stuff like that. Which, whenever I go to the mall, I still like to go into FYE or Flea. Uh, <laughs> I'll definitely go in just to kind of, I'll go into a hot topic too, just to see what's going on in the store, you know? Like, you know you're not going to buy anything because no, the vinyl I'm definitely in leaving. there. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah. vinyl in there are overpriced along with mm -hmm. like other cds and stuff because one time me and my fiance had went in there and their prices were like jacked up super high yeah and then we went on the website and there was a completely different price we we're like what the heck is going on and they're like oh <laughs> well, it's to cover the price of shipping oh okay well i would think it would be the cost of like labor if it's more expensive yeah. in, in the store, I guess. I don't know. Well, somebody still has to package it and ship it. Yeah. It's like, so, why are you putting that cost on the consumer right away? I guess it's just for like an impulse buy. They want to make sure that True. somebody's feeling it and touching it. It's tangible and they have that impulse to just buy it. They have to go home with it. Where as online, I guess you have more time to decide before you press ship on that uh, cart. Now, I've actually had this theory for a couple of years now that I think at some point, not only like stores like this will go out of business or like reduce their size, but mm -hmm. I think retail as a whole will see a drastic decline. When's the last time you've been to a mall? It's been a while. And the only reason I went was because I needed new clothes. Sometimes for clothes, you have to try them on. You know, I understand that. But Going into a mall these days, I just find it very creepy and boring. <laughs> creepy? Yeah. <laughs> like some malls are almost like abandoned and I feel like I'm in some post-apocalyptic movie and it just makes me sad because like every three stores, there's no stores. Yeah. And the stores that they do have are just like a hair salon and then some urban clothing store that I'll never go in. 
Now, I will say, like, so I think Apple actually have decided to start moving their stores outside of malls, probably for that reason, to be honest. Right, because a trip to the mall is more of a, a trip than just a trip to the Apple store. Exactly. It's like, oh, I, ha- I have to go to the mall, eat food court, mall food, <laughs> mall food, which is pretty good. I like corn dogs. I'm trying to think what, like, the go-to of my uh, my food court mall would be i guess the most interesting thing would be like chick-fil-a yeah chick-fil-a's are in the mall that's the first chick-fil-a i've ever seen was in a mall now one of the new stores that my mall uh like an hour away got was uh cinnabon and that that's like something that i wanted so badly (laughs) but at the same Mm -hmm. time like i don't want to have cinnabon in the mall no it's too messy that's like a that's an at-home type thing it's like too far away from the food court so like I don't want to walk halfway through the mall just holding a Cinnabon. It's too sticky. And having people like breathe on it. <laughs> that, that's gross. <laughs> don't breathe on my Cinnabon. Excuse me, sir. Are you breathing on my Cinnabon? Now, have you ever seen a mall that has a movie theater in it? Oh, yeah. When I was growing up, they had one in the movie theater. And it just smelled like popcorn throughout the entire mall. Did you like that? I did. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because that sounds like a pretty good experience. <laughs> well, the smell of popcorn coming anywhere from coming from anywhere is just a pretty good experience. I actually worked at the movie theaters back when I was still in high school. You see, that's a job that I always wish I had that I didn't have. I feel like the perks are really good. The perks are great until you no longer work there and then you become bitter because you no longer have perks for like free movies <laughs> and like free popcorn. Right. Too bad I don't get 25% discount off of a vinyl anymore. (laughs) But Jared Leto recently had this hot take that theaters wouldn't exist without Marvel movies. What do you think about this? I guess that's kind of a hot take, but he did say something that I think I said on a past episode that, and it was almost verbatim, that uh, the movie experience is now more like a roller coaster ride and Mm -hmm. not much about the actual movie which I could agree with for some movies, but I don't know. I think he has a point. I could definitely see it because we can always count on there being a Marvel movie. Now, I Mm -hmm. do think it's interesting. He said Marvel movies, not just superhero movies, but Marvel. Right. And he was the previous (laughs) Joker. Right. And he's soon to be Morbius. That's coming out, I think, in about two weeks, maybe another week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be excited to see that. But I don't I think the uh, the term superhero movie has totally died because of the capitalization of Marvel. And I'm curious to see like where movies will be 10 years from now, because at some point it has to reach ahead of like just running out of stuff. Well, the only thing I think that he has against him on that comment is movies like Quentin Tarantino films or Christopher Nolan movies. I mean, those are definitely going to give you an experience in the movie theater. So when's the last time you went to the movies and it wasn't a superhero movie or a Marvel movie in Jared Leto's terms? I'd say the past couple movies that I did see were absolutely superhero movies. Yeah. See, for me, like at least in the last few years, the things that come to mind would be like the horror movie Hereditary. But that was like back in 2018. I wish I would have seen that in the movie theater. Good to see in theaters. But at the (laughs) same time, like we were surrounded by a bunch of like five-year-olds that were in the suits of a like 30-year-old because people were laughing at like the naked people parts. 
Oh, God. So teenagers going to movies again after the Applebee's? No, it was full-grown adults. They were just extremely immature. See, that does take away from the movie experience sometimes. But it was a great movie, and it wasn't yeah. a superhero movie. But outside of that, like, I don't know, Interstellar back in, what, 2013? Right. Uh, and then Inception. Like, there's The Conjuring. There's, like, good horror movies that come out. So I guess there's, like, a genre of yeah. movies that you typically go see. And for me, it would be horror movies. Yeah, so, because I saw Scream, Scream 5. So horror movies, Marvel movies, superhero movies. Those are my go-to. Anymore, like some of the best content comes out on streaming platforms like pretty much Netflix, but yeah. like Disney Plus is starting to be more of a contender. And then Amazon, I wouldn't really say has much of anything, but they're getting mm-hmm. the uh, Lord of the Rings series coming up. That's true. I, I, I did forget about that. They had the, uh, the Super Bowl commercial. And speaking of Apple... They have like a ton of stuff coming out on their streaming platform, which I'm finally starting to get tempted to subscribe to. I have not yet seen anything that I would be interested in with Apple, and I definitely having to keep my uh, my my platforms to a minimum. So if there's anything that I find on there once I subscribe, I'll let you know, and I'll let our listeners know. That right. way, uh, it's not wasting anyone's money. Absolutely. Strong recommendations coming from us would be worth the time. But as far as superhero movies go, apparently there's this deleted scene from No Way Home that kind of confirms that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield could return. Well, I mean, we already assumed this would happen. So it gives us that confirmation. Because like, if they're talking about it, just like Kirsten Dunst's cap (laughs) is... (laughs) is kind of hinting that she would be interested. It makes sense because now Kirsten Dunst is talking about it. We're getting confirmation that Tobey Maguire is going to be back. So I think there's going to be a lot more characters that are coming back from these movies. So I've not seen the deleted scene myself, but in the scene, apparently it's uh, it's Tom Holland's Peter Parker. He says, I'll see you later to Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. And then Andrew Garfield says, you know where to find us. So if that's not a setup, I don't know what is. Wink, wink. Yeah. Well, you know, who, you know who's not coming back? Gwen Stacy. <clears throat> well, at least Andrew Garfield's <laughs> Gwen Stacy. Well, yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Maybe the Tom Holland version, Gwen Stacy will come back. I did not like her character at all. Hmm. Wait, no, okay. I'm thinking of Tobey Maguire's Gwen Stacy. Right. Emma Stone's likable. Yeah, yeah she's... She's got a cute lisp. Did she have blonde hair in that one? She did, but she's like a like a strawberry blonde. Okay. Or does she identify like as a redhead? See, I think of her as a redhead, but then that would easily be mistaken for being Mary Jane. Right, so that's why they had her hair blonde, <laughs> besides the fact that it, Gwen Stacy's character does have blonde hair. See, I think this is the good thing about like modern movies is that they don't care to ditch like the aesthetic right. of a character. It's just, mm-hmm. okay, I don't care what you look like. You're just this character. Exactly. Like the Mary Jane character in the Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man. Not, a, not what you would typically think Mary Jane would look like. If I'm right, she's not even Mary Jane. They just call her MJ. True. Which is I wonder what that stands for. <laughs> Mary J. Blige? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a crush on Mary J. Blige back in the day. 
And I also think Emma Stone would be good girlfriend material. She just seems like she would be a good girlfriend, you know? There's never been anything that Emma Stone's been part of that I did not like. Easy A is an awesome movie. And she's an easy A for her acting career. <laughs> A's across the board. Right. I wonder what her next movie is. I'm, I haven't seen her in a while. I know she had done something with Jonah Hill a few years oh, back. Yeah. I didn't watch it myself, but I heard it was good. Oh, I'm, I have like the worst memory. She was uh, Corella Deville. Okay, yeah, she was in that. You, you saw that. I didn't. No, I didn't see that. You didn't? Okay. No. I thought you did. That must have been someone in the server. I think that was someone in the server. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, we have a Discord server. Ton of fun. We mm-hmm. talk about food that we're eating. There's a lot day. of food posts. Yeah, lots of food <laughs> posts. I got some hot sauce today because we just ordered some stickers. Mm-hmm. Really happy with those. Mule sauce, highly recommend it. Not a sponsor. Now, in our bio on Instagram, we have that we talk about hot sauce, and we've yet to actually not talk lying. about hot sauce yet. We really do on a daily basis. Yeah, just waiting for the right <laughs> opportunity. Because, like, how do you talk about hot sauce? It's something that we're going to have to make a video for. Well, I could tell you that I had hot ramen last night at around like 4 a.m., and I'm feeling it in my gut right now. What sauce did you go with? It it was um it was that packaged uh, ramen that I, that I ordered from uh, Amazon. My girlfriend ordered it for me, and it's the time too spicy. Okay. And she thought she could handle it, and <laughs> we she didn't really handle it that well. So, what does she think of your like spicy food tolerance? Oh, she's with it. She's done the um the challenge. Oh, nice. The, okay. uh, the hot sauce challenge. Yeah, she can hang with it, but it's the aftermath that really gets yeah. us. That's a price to pay. It tastes so good in the moment, but the it next really day does. is not where you want to be. Not to change gears here, but um, we're in that in the movie conversation, and Obi Wan is coming up. Oh yeah, pretty soon. I know you're excited about that because you're soon to have your Star Wars sleeve finished, which I'm very excited about. It's been uh, I'm excited several years in the progress because I got my mm-hmm. upper arm done end of 2017, maybe. Yeah, it was end of 2017, so it's like four years now. And uh, just to be honest, wasn't really thrilled with the guy's work. So, you know, I was just kind of bummed about it. Just never really thought to, like, get things finished. But with my fiance always getting some kind of new tattoo or work done, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, get it. You could only be so patient. Yeah. But I'm going to be getting uh, Boba Fett on the top side of my forearm and then Mandalorian and Grogu, Baby Yoda. I still like to call him Baby Yoda. What do you call him? Baby Yoda. I haven't heard it to be anything else because I don't believe I've watched that either. I'm so back on stuff. I know that they had to have a name reveal and everything for him, but he's Baby Yoda. He's Baby Yoda. (laughs) Which it's really cool. You know, I had to um, find a replacement tattoo artist because the initial one honestly wasn't very good at like scheduling things. So I found someone else like pretty quickly, but he and his daughter are currently watching the Mandalorian. So like Mm. he told me he's pretty excited about doing the tattoo, which is nice because you want to go to an artist that actually is invested in what they're working on. It's meant to be. Yeah. The universe has to work in ways that'll be in your favor. But I'm really hyped about the Obi-Wan series coming out, it's only a little over two months away. Yeah, this is something that I would be more interested in. 
but I feel like I have to catch up on a lot of Star Wars. And so what have you not watched, I guess? I haven't watched any of the series yet, but I've watched the uh, the recent movies, which I know you're not a fan of either. Yeah, yeah, just don't watch those. Right. I really need to get with it. Watch The Force Awakens and then pretend mm-hmm. nothing else exists. That's what you always say. Yep. Watch. Well, you need to binge The Mandalorian. It's so bingeable. Mm-hmm. The first season, I know, only takes about five hours to watch, which is like you can knock that out in a day. Nothing better than a bingeable series. And then like wait a week and then binge season two and then uh, watch Book of Boba Fett. You see, I like that I have so much content that I need to catch up on. For when the time comes, I'll have, it'll be a grand old time. And you won't <laughs> have to wait around like everyone else had to. Right. And then I'll have something else to talk about with you. <laughs> but even McGregor in an interview recently was saying that whenever he went in for casting, he didn't feel like he was the right fit for Star Wars, which is... Quite interesting coming from him. Yeah, was it like suggested for him to try the role out or maybe he was like going for like a different character? I guess at the time he was known for like playing other roles, which I want to say like I think the best castings in Star Wars come from not well-known actors. Mm -hmm. Because we've had this conversation before. Right. There's some actors that you see their face, you're like, this is what I know them for. Like... Tom Cruise in a movie is a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Right. Or depending, what's it called? You had a business suit, long Risky business. Risky business. Yeah. Or that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Or Top Gun. Of course. It's like how Christopher Nolan does it. You know, just kind of casts not so well-known characters and it helps you be more immersed into the movie. Now, with that said, for Star Wars movies... There is a lot of pressure, I would assume, going into that because you're expected to perform right away. Right. I feel like the judgment is passed really hard for Star Wars actors. Because I think Daisy Ridley from the new movies, I think she did well. I don't think that her character was necessarily written well, but you probably don't know the character Finn. Well, who did she? Yeah, correct. I hate his character. (laughs) I read The Force Awakens Uh, book. And it just makes me hate his character even that much more. I wasn't too much of a fan, but there was no backstory or anything else I knew about it. And that's why you should only watch The Force Awakens. Because none of those other episodes exist. But going back to like the prequels and everything with Ewan McGregor, how did you like him as Obi-Wan? Well, that's the face that I think of when I hear Obi-Wan. So you don't think of the original trilogy? In the original trilogy, he has like facial hair, right? Ewan McGregor does also in episodes two and three. I could see him being the same person. I don't feel like it's too far off. It's nice to see that Disney owning the Star Wars franchise and with like the recent movies failing, that they're starting to do some fan service. Yeah. Because I think it's necessary. Absolutely. And so what we know so far from what good movies are these days, it's fan service. As long as it's done well. Right. But the Obi-Wan miniseries, like we said before, that will be releasing on May 25th. And that series takes place 10 years after episode three. So I'm curious what kind of direction that they'll take his character. I know that... There's other uh, interesting features in the series as well, so I can't wait for it. And I like that he's reprising his role coming back. Kind of gives you confidence in how the story is going to go. 
Now the only thing that they need to do next is uh, have a Liam Neeson series with Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> oh, man. All I see, all I can think about when I hear Liam Neeson is taking movies. Or maybe Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul from Batman. <laughs> That's right. Which I liked him as Ra's al Ghul. He was so dark in there. It's so weird to see him because like I went back and watched the uh, Nolan trilogy of Batman and it's so strange to see Liam Neeson play a bad guy. But if you think about it, his character is like not really a bad guy. Mm -hmm. His philosophy is, I guess, kind of in the right place. Yeah, I guess it is. But as a character, you just you don't want him to be good. Yeah. And I think he plays a pretty good Ra's al Ghul. But speaking of Batman... Which we've both finally got to see now. So, so how was it? How was your Batman experience? I loved it. Oh man, I loved it. Yeah. It exceeded expectations for me. And now that I've gone back to watch the Nolan trilogy and we'll be starting the old Batman movies like the 80s and 90s mm -hmm. uh, soon because those are on Hulu, which I did not know until the other day. Right. And they're leaving Hulu very soon. I think they're leaving in May. Okay. So that gives me. Like this weekend to get them watched. Pretty, pretty much. This is a hot take. I know yeah. I'm going to make someone mad, but the Batman is the best Batman that there is. Let me tell you why I agree with you. You had seen the Batman before me. You texted me right after, and I had been complaining to you about not being able to be on social media because of all the uh, spoilers. Right. So you texted me right after, and you're like, it's great. You're not going to be disappointed. It exceeds expectations. And if there's anybody I trust about that kind of thing, it's you. So I was totally stoked on it. I finally go see, get to see it. I'm in the theater watching it. And about 20 minutes into it, I start crying. Damn. I've been waiting to tell you this for this, for this long. I started crying the happiest tears and I couldn't control myself. It was like this, like <laughs> this, like whimper of a cry. Mm -hmm. I was just extremely just so happy that the movie I was watching was going to be a good Batman movie. Yeah, and you can tell, like, you can tell. really early also. Exactly. I was just so happy that I was, I was getting the good Batman movie that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it did exceed expectations. It was so amazing. So I do want to say, for the remainder of the episode, we will be going into spoilers. So yes, if you have not alert. seen the movie, I will be putting a timestamp of when the spoiler talk starts and then when you can skip to whatever part. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, here's your chance to skip ahead or turn it off until you get to watch it. But once you do finally get to watch it, you can come back and hear what we had to say. Right on. And that is our disclaimer. Anything from <laughs> this point on is your fault. You have been warned. So there is this like song that plays in the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie. Are you talking about the uh, something in the way, the Nirvana song? Nirvana song, yeah. Okay. I thought it was strange to put a, a song with lyrics into the movie, but I absolutely felt that it didn't take anything away. I was actually very pleased with the soundtrack in this movie. And that's not something that I really pay attention to much, really, just because mm -hmm. I get like so zoned into a movie that it just becomes like background noise, if that makes sense. Right. But sometimes the soundtrack in a movie can really help you or it can really help the movie. Yeah, and for it, sure. That's what helps you get so immersed in it. Just like a Christopher Nolan movie, the, the music in those movies are, are great. So I feel like they did just as much service 
making a good soundtrack because for a Batman movie, the soundtrack is as important. Right. And like, I kind of felt like featuring a Nirvana song in this kind of helped give it that grungy feel. It absolutely was grungy. I feel, I feel like it had a very noir take on it. For sure. It reminded me of the Gotham that was in the Batman cartoons. And something that I really, really appreciated from the Batman was the fact that he did more detective shit. It takes away from you feeling like you're watching a Batman movie, which is what Christopher Nolan did. And I'm not going to make the comparison the entire time, but it's the fact that you're all of a sudden watching this movie and the mystery is unfolding. And, yeah, you know, my favorite Batman comics are the, the detective comics. And I think something that a lot of people have forgotten is that Batman is also, you know, part detective. Like that's that's mm-hmm. his thing. He's not just this DC version of Iron Man that he's rich exactly. and in a suit. Exactly. Which I think in a way I I even kind of forgot because the Christopher Nolan, like you said, we're not going to be making comparisons the whole time, but that's the most recent comparison mm-hmm. that we can make. And th- those are all that's such a great trilogy to compare it to. But it was nice to see that Robert Pattinson wasn't just playing this hero that's just beating people up. Mm-hmm. He's actually working a case. And while that's going on, he's meeting Catwoman. He's having to deal with Falcone. His only focus isn't just the Riddler. There's multiple things going on. Right. And I love that the main conflict is not with the Riddler. And the Riddler kind of goes away for a little while and then comes back, which kind of makes you feel like you're going into a different part of the story that yeah. you're into. The chemistry between Commissioner Gordon and Batman is just probably the best part of the movie because there's comic relief in there and yeah. you really feel them trying to really solve this mystery that's going on. Now, speaking of comic relief, there's a <laughs> moment where he tries to fly and then yes. he like slams into a bridge or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't... Did people in I your theater laugh? That. I did. Because I thought it was funny. I, I, I laughed a couple times that <laughs> yeah. I don't think people were really into into it. I don't know. I th- it was It's a movie theater in New Orleans. I think pretty much half the theater was just drunk or tired yeah. from walking. And I think they just got a ticket to be in a movie theater for a little while. Yeah, me and Brandy laughed. Like at multiple parts, which that's something else. This movie, while it was serious, it had those mm-hmm. moments of relief to be like, okay... It's been serious. Now you can have a little laugh and then we'll progress the story. It breaks it up a little bit. And for a movie that's three hours long, it needs that. It really does. It needs to take you into different directions and make you feel different things at at a certain point, which at one point I felt like I was watching a horror movie. That's interesting. Well, because when the Riddler shows up for the first, uh, his first scene, I guess it when he's getting that duct tape ready, I got, I kind of got chills, man. It was, it was a little eerie. I'm sure this will piss someone off, but it kind of reminded me just a tad of Heath Ledger's Joker, mm-hmm. because if you watch the dark Knight, there's some similarities mm-hmm. with like the live streaming and saying people are going to die. And I thought that was interesting. I thought that was good. There's no other way to, cause I was thinking about that in the movie. How, what other way would he communicate or translate all the all this information that he wants to put out to anybody and i think going viral or social media is the perfect way yeah because the guy was essentially a terrorist who was doing his mission 
through what Batman saw his vengeance was. The Riddler was taking out vengeance on the people who he felt wronged him, which was interesting because while I was watching it, I was realizing he was basically having Batman do his work for him. Well, that's what you find out towards the end of the movie, yeah. which is crazy. And he plays a good villain. And I think it's not about exceeding what Heath Ledger did as Joker. I think it's more about just being a good Batman villain. And for any Batman villain going to the Arkham Asylum, they have to be that crazy and deranged. Right. And I think Paul Dano pulled it off. I think he's almost like too good. It was too good. I felt the acting and however he did it, it, it just felt real. It felt real. I kind of wonder if like there will be a return in a future movie because I would hate to see like that character just go away, not come back. He did that good. Yeah, he absolutely did. I think that they're expanding the character development with a lot of other villains. We know Penguin is still in the picture. Right. There will be an HBO Max uh, spinoff. Yes. Which... This movie does a great job setting that up. Absolutely. And I hope there's more spinoffs in the future. Like maybe when we get another Batman movie from Matt Reeves, we'll get more series. See, at this point, I think that HBO Max has done so well with handling how they make content because of the quarantine and the pandemic Mm -hmm. and everything that these platforms have had to step their game up to give you that cinematic experience in your own living room. Which means not having like these low budget films or low budget shows, they have to put just as much in the uh, in the content that they release on there. Otherwise, people wouldn't be interested. Absolutely, and I remember telling you on the last episode with me that I was watching Euphoria, and I found out that they they shot they shot Euphoria with Kodak film, and that goes right into what you're saying about the cinematography being really good and it gives that really good vibe catches emotion with different colors and hues and stuff like that. So it's very important to have that great experience at home as much as you would in the theater. But what you were saying about hoping that the Riddler comes back, I think he will come back. I don't think that he'll have a a big part like he did in this movie. Right. But if if you remember the scarecrow coming back in and the Dark Knight, it was a very small role that I really didn't want to end. Cillian Murphy, he's just a great actor in general. He absolutely is. I thought it was Killian, because I said Cillian, and I think someone corrected me and okay. said Killian, but uh, I like I'm saying sure. Cillian. Cillian. I like saying Cillian, so on Bro Side Broadcast, we say Cillian. Silly Cillian. <laughs> silly Cillian, which is silly name. But yeah, he's definitely underrated. I wish they would have used him more. And if you go back and watch... The uh, Batman Begins, I kind of feel like he's so underutilized. He leaves the movie, Batman Begins, on a horse, and then we don't see him again. And then we get to see him again, Dark Knight, and it's just a reveal that he's caught. Yeah. And now now he's in Arkham. And then in uh, Dark Knight Rises, he is like Mm. the judge or whatever of everything going on. I I feel like they hinted... Scarecrow was in the Matt Reeves Batman universe with some of the makeup choices that they had. Okay. I think they were hinting around Scarecrow. I caught a lot of hints, which I need to see it again. Yeah, which one of the main reasons we brought it up is it'll be on HBO Max on April 19th. So that's only a month away. 
yeah, I'm taking off of work that day. I'm turning off my phone and I'm going to watch that movie all day. Which I'll be honest, like even though I know it's coming out on HBO Max and I can watch it at home, I would kind of like to go back to the theater to watch it in theaters again. You know, that was my first thought initially when I heard that it was coming to HBO Max was because that means it's leaving theater soon and I really want to watch it again in the theater before. And I'm also one of those people that I want to go watch it again in theaters to help those numbers, like the box office numbers. I know I'm just Mm -hmm. one person. I'm that person too. So are we doing our job? Somebody has to do it. (laughs) We're the box office superheroes. That's what we are. But Robert Pattinson, 10-10 job. I do want to say anytime that I saw him like with the mask off and just like the makeup on his eyes and everything (laughs) reminded (laughs) me of My Chemical Romance. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. It did. Which I will say, I will be seeing them in just a few months. That's wild. I've never really been a fan of them. No. But my fiance and her friends are going and there's the extra ticket. And I feel like... You know, if you get a ticket to go watch Metallica, you mm-hmm. go watch Metallica. You're going to go. Yeah. If you get a ticket to see Billie Eilish. Which I just did recently. So you do it. <laughs> you do it because yeah. it's better than saying, yeah, I had a great time sitting at home on the couch. Mm-hmm. How was it? It was perfect. I had seen her a few years ago in Nashville when she just had one album. And for this show, she had, you know, two albums. Mm-hmm. She played 27 songs. Wow. Which, great set. She's an amazing Mm -hmm. performer, and uh, I have a lot of respect for her. I think she's doing good things in pop. Definitely. I I wouldn't turn down that ticket as well. But as far as Batman goes, uh, Nicolas Cage had expressed some interest in being a villain. (laughs) Not the Scarecrow. Um, Not the Joker. Even though I think he could actually pull off being the Joker. You know, Nicolas Cage is such an underrated actor. I think it's because he he's done so much stuff, which like that doesn't bother me because I think he's a great actor. It's his job. He just yeah. likes to take on different roles. And I think he does, you know, maybe the movie's not as good, but I think he does a great job. So I, I am curious to see what villain he would do. And you know what? Maybe they're speaking it into the universe and maybe it'll happen. Well, the villain that he's interested in playing is from the 60s and uh, he wants to be Egghead, which... <laughs> oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> that character was portrayed to be the smartest man alive and is obsessed with eggs and egg puns. I think the last time I saw Egghead was in the Lego Batman movie. I think I'd seen something about that. They, like, in the Lego Batman movie, they announced, like, all the Batman villains. And, you know, if they bring back Egghead, or not bring him back... Well, yeah, because it's from yeah. the 60s. If they bring him back, maybe they can bring back Condiment Man, which <laughs> Batman would have mustard covered. <laughs> He'd be covered in mustard. So if you mix the two, it just makes a devil egg. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Nicolas Cage said that he would make it like a scary character, which I can definitely see. Totally believable. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like I said, if there's anyone that could play Joker, I think it's him because like he comes across as like kind of a scary person. Like, have you ever watched Two-Face? Like that alone is a good audition. Yeah, he would be a good Two-Face as well. Or not Two-Face, Face Off. Well, 
Yeah. But yeah, Two Face also just play him as any crazy person. Pretty much. And in Face Off, he had like the best one liners. Yeah. In that movie. So if he's a somebody who wants if he's somebody that has to, to deliver one liners, Nicolas Cage can definitely do it. So that is one thing that I noticed when I went back to watch The Dark Knight. The number of one-liners. There's a lot of one-liners in the in the Batman as well. I mean, yeah. did you get chills when he beat the shit out of those guys and said, I'm vengeance? Because I definitely did. God, that was so good. He beat the f- crap out of those guys. God. Nick Cage isn't like a total stranger to superhero movies. He was Ghost mm-hmm. Rider. What was it? Like 2005, I think. I tried to forget. Because really? of how awful, you didn't how like awful it. That, I hated the, I hated both of those movies, and I don't like Eva, Eva Mendez either. Oh, wait a second, there was a second one, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that no. one was even worse. Okay, right? I, then I've wiped that one from my memory, but I like the mm-hmm. first one. I remember the first one being okay. I guess then, uh, never mind. I was actually like, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, if Ghost Rider were to like make her a turn. I would want it to be someone different or I don't know. I don't think that's a character you bring back, really. No, it's like, do we need it? Probably not. I don't think so. Ghost Rider was kind of grungy also, mm-hmm. which I think at this point, Hollywood has like learned how to appropriately make a grungy movie and not make it too dark. I think they're very spot on with listening to fans on how to do these movies. But I remember I remember Ghost Rider being the point of superhero movies where I thought at that time, this needs to change. <laughs> this is not the kind of superhero movie that I want. And I think that's when we got The Dark Knight, that there was that shift. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this is what we really want out of these kind of movies. We want this to be realistic. And I think the reason that, going back to Spider-Man for a second, I think the reason that Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was like so well mm-hmm. was because it felt like a realistic character. It wasn't like too cartoony. Right. We don't want cartoony superhero movies. Especially if it's live action. It's like, okay, if you're going to make it cartoony, just make it an animated movie. Which in the Batman, I just really felt like that could all be real. Yeah, for sure. N- nothing nothing was too much. Now, I appreciated that they made it, you know, like present day, given the live streaming stuff. And the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. So that's one thing that, you know, his Batmobile was more realistic than having a full-on tank. It was like, it was a muscle car type, and I thought that that was great. And it was also interesting to see him learn how to be the Batman. Right. That he was still having those, like kinks in his setup of flying with everything so it feels like we're going to see character development for once Mm -hmm. with batman i think the sequel will focus more into who is bruce wayne like what is his story and i love that point that you made because that was one thing i think that i thought out through the whole movie was oh we're watching him figure this out yeah which you feel the acting you feel how good it is you feel that everybody believes in what they're doing while you're watching the movie. So yeah, three hours can easily not feel like three hours. And once we go watch it again, that three hours is going to fly by and you're going to want more. I think I'm going to go see it right after we do this. <laughs> that sounds like a great... Just talk, 
great choice. It really does. Talking about it now, because we haven't really talked about it in detail. We're saving it for the show, but yeah. talking about it now, I have that itch that needs to be scratched. But let us know if you enjoy this movie talk. I mean, I certainly enjoy talking about them because we did poolside for a few years talking only about music. Haven't really had this outlet to talk about movies at length like this. So I enjoy it. Yeah. But let us know if you enjoy hearing about it. Sorry if you've not watched the movie yet and you're just now getting to realize that the episode's ending and... You may have just missed the whole right. half of the uh, episode. Welcome back. But I think that's all we got for today. I'm really glad we got to talk about the Batman at length because you saw it a week ago. Yeah. And we've held off completely until now, other than you telling right. me that you liked it. Yeah, which you were not surprised. Not surprised at all. The moment like movie was over, I was like, this is everything that Blake wanted. You definitely know that. Yeah. And maybe next time when I see it again, I won't cry as much. Or you'll cry more because you realize so. how good it is. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm too much of an emotionally driven person. And we kind of skipped over it, but the guy that played, uh, let's see, Colin Farrell, who played yeah. the Penguin, excellent mm-hmm. job. You forget that it's Colin Farrell. And I didn't expect the, as much comedy to come out of him as well. So, yeah, see, we gotta, we can't stop talking about it. We got to go see this again. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> My name's Derek. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've been Blake. And go buy something from your local FYE. Not sponsored. Fui. See you guys. Right on.